This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode 49 of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter and Mike Bradley with me. On the phone lines today. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, man, I tell you what, uh, week eight in the books. Before we get started, why don't we tell everybody this portion of the podcast sponsored by The Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. So week eight in the books, we've got one week left of the regular season. Yeah, I wish uh, it was two. I, I still like uh, the 10-week season, and I don't mind expanding playoffs necessarily, but if you're going to do it, just start the uh, season a week earlier. I still like my round of 10. But, yes, here we are in a big week it is, especially for the war on the shore, which I know we'll be talking about. Yeah, we'll talk about that one coming up. Uh, let's recap some of the games from this past weekend first. Uh, uh, let's start with our overtime live Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by Best Western Plus Easton for all seasons in Kona Ice. It was another good one. Like three weeks in a row, we have had amazing matchups. And uh, here we are this one. Decatur ends up pulling out a 37-34 win, but it was a back-and-forth affair. Well, it was a great game, Mark, and you have two really good teams there uh, with two exciting offenses that run the spread. You've got two quarterbacks, and it really starts there with a quarterback position, quarterbacks that can run and throw that have really good complementary pieces, and you've got head coaches that are offensive-minded and good assistant coaches as well. Uh, So that all plays out, and you see it uh, playing itself out on the field. And really, the last team to have the ball you think was going to win that game, that didn't quite turn out that way. Uh, but no surprise that that was a really good one that went down to the wire, 37-34. And I hope we could keep up for a fourth straight game of them being really good game of the weeks. But, uh, yeah, the Warriors and Seahawks, definitely one of the best games of the year in the Bayside. Yeah, no doubt. And it was a duel of two really good quarterbacks, although it didn't start out. Tapley started for Decatur, but Coleman ended up coming in and taking over the quarterback position. He had quite the day, uh, you know, for the Stephen Decatur Seahawks. 17 for 156 rushing, passing. He was uh, 14 of 26 for 214 yards and a touchdown. Also threw an interception. My goodness, quite the stat line for the junior. Mark, you take a look at those stats, and I don't know why I didn't take a look at them in, in more detail Friday night, uh, although we, we did certainly talk about the game. I didn't, I guess, have the specifics in front of me. That's why. But when you take a look at them, that has to be one of the best performances in the Bayside at least in the modern day here the last 20 years or so. Now, I was uh, messaging on Facebook Coach Croto, the OC of Stephen Decatur, and he mentioned that Jalen Money had a game back in 2014 for Easton against North Carolina where he ran and threw for 200 yards, uh, which is phenomenal. But Coleman, he – he not only played quarterback where he ran and threw, but he also had three catches, granted for only 14 yards because he was primarily playing quarterback. But to do all three like that and to be a factor, it's some amazing numbers in the game and such a valuable uh, 
part of that Decatur offense. And you're right, Tapley got the start. And look, they're trying to mix him in and get him some experience in the sophomore. And it was either because they wanted to jumpstart the offense or uh, they felt like in a game like that that ultimately they wanted uh, Bryson, who has more experience this year, to get in there and and lead that offense uh, because of the nature of the game against a good Easton team. So when you look at Coleman's contribution and uh, with running, passing, and catching, 384 Mm -hmm. yards. Then you look across the ball to Kevin O'Connor. Kevin O'Connor, he passed for 333 yards, had 18 of 39, did have two interceptions and three for two touchdowns. He also rushed 15 times for 48 yards. And, and when you look at that, he's 381 yards on the day. I mean, the quarterbacks you know, contributed you know, in that contest over 760 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Well, two of the best in the base side. I mean, Darius Foreman's right there as well, but it was uh, Coleman and O'Connor, and I, no surprise that they were productive. But uh, the fact, though, that they put up those kind of numbers, I think, uh, is still pretty staggering. You expected that they would do well. Did you expect that they would do that well? Probably, probably not. Uh, but, again, it reinforces how important they are to their team. Yeah, and uh, like Coach Griffith said after the game, the the loss doesn't define his team. Uh, When you look at the standings uh, for those two teams, you know, Ken Island, they pick up a huge win over uh, J.M. Bennett on Saturday, 49-6, I think, and that one was the score. You know, Queen Anne's, of course, winning 35-28 against Y High. You know, both of those teams now sitting at 7-1. Decatur and Easton are at six and two. Why High's five and three. Caroline's three and five. Parkside two and six. Bennett zero oh and eight. Those are the larger schools. One game that, my goodness, Cameron Gondek and company making it happen once again for the second year, beating Cambridge South Dorchester uh, in, uh, in in an exciting fashion in overtime, twenty five nineteen, and now. Colonel Richardson, the small school champion for the second straight year, uh, six and two. Cambridge still four and four. Snow Hill two and six. Kent County two and six. Washington zero oh and seven. Who, by the way, have given up two hundred and twelve points in really six games played, and has yet to score a touchdown. Well, I, I want to go back to the uh, Colonel Richardson win. I mean, Mark, we've talked about the fact that here's a team that had an historic year last year, winning the Bayside 1A for the first time since 81. It was their first win over Cambridge to win that 1A uh, since 2005. They had some big graduations for them to come back and replicate what they did last year. And the season's not over yet, so they haven't completely replicated it, but pretty much replicated the regular season at least. Uh, what a feat by James Jackson. And they continue to get better, and that program has really pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and done an unbelievable job. They play to their strengths. They do what they have to do with that double wing. And you couldn't be happier for that program. And it, it really makes you Winnow Hill, Washington, and Kent County could get to some sort of level that they are on right now. And we know Snow Hill for years was very successful. Um, you know, Washington's uh, had a few years there. And Kent County has certainly had uh, some very good years. In fact, winning, I think, back-to-back state titles in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but, wow, what an accomplishment there. And 
Um, hey, guys, you, I think you said it. There's a new sheriff in town, at least right now, in the 1A. Yeah, there, there seems to be. Anyway, and James Jackson getting it done. I, I can't help to think back to after the loss to Kent Island, people calling for his head. You know, he, we need a new coach. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we both said back then, be patient uh, with this football team because they were just – they were – uh, over talented, you know, by uh, both Seaford and Ken Island, and now here we are. Uh, they they run off five straight wins, um, or make that uh, yeah six straight wins, and uh, now this week they got a tough matchup, and we'll get to that coming up in, in just a little bit. But uh, an exciting week of football. Uh, Cameron Gondak, you know, in that overtime contest against Cambridge blocked a field goal, then came back and scored the game-winning touchdown on a six-yard run. Uh, just a uh, just an amazing feat for Colonel Richardson to get that done. Yeah, I mean, it was 12 nothing Cambridge with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, but before you know it, uh, Colonel got back into the game. They knew that they were better than that. It was tied at 19 at the half. And it was it's just crazy how you had 38 points in the first half, nothing in the second half. And then in overtime, uh, as you just talked about, the block field goal and the touchdown run. And uh, there you have it, uh, the Colonels uh, with uh, a game coming up. I'll say this, though. It was really interesting with North Carolina talking with head coach James McCormick for a second. And you know he loves the rivalry and the Superintendent's Cup with Colonel Richardson, and we're still calling it that. You know, he said, it was on the air, he said, we're, we're looking forward to it. We love the challenge. We love the game, and we'll see how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he said it in a way that's like, yeah, I know they're having a good year, but we're going to be ready uh, to come out and, and look to uh, to beat them, uh, you know, in, in any way that we possibly can. <laughs> Let's talk about North Caroline. Before we do that, this portion sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GA of Certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. So I was uh, looking at the Star Democrat, and I saw that Hayden Ogden completed four passes um, for 59 yards, and I, I have to wonder: is he, was he the starting quarterback? Uh, it, did they replace the quarterback they originally had? Was he out for injury, or or what happened? Yeah, they uh, they replaced the quarterback position after the Ken Island game. Uh, Coach McCormick said that uh, that there would be a lot of things that would be up for uh, debate, if you will, or, or up for consideration in terms of. Uh, uh, changes in starters at positions and such, and they did make the change of quarterback on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, and, by and the... he will play in the game, he said against so, sorry to interrupt you, Mark. He will play in the game now, whether that's a start, whether that's mixing in with Bell, who uh, Nassai Bell, who started the year or not, we'll have to see, but he he will play according to McCormick this, uh, this Friday as well. Yeah, and you have to wonder, I mean, because only five passes they went back, by the looks of it, more on a wing T type uh, offense instead of spreading them out a little bit and throwing the ball a lot more. Correct. Yep. And mm-hmm. they got up early on Parkside, and they were able to continue to uh, you know impose their will and uh, take advantage of Iran's defense that hasn't been very good this year. Yeah, Zymir Smith, 78 yards and a touchdown on seven carries. Trent Towers. 
Uh, also rushed for, uh, or uh, Towson rather, Trent Towson rushed for 67 yards and a pair of scores on seven touches. Justice Hall had seven touches for 43 yards. And for, uh, Tyson Weber, I believe he's a freshman. He might be a sophomore now, but a young kid. Uh, three carries for 31 yards. They also scored touchdowns as well. And then Arnold Gomez, 67 yards on six carries. And Jack Morris, 29 yards on four attempts. So they spread it around a little bit on the offense for the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, looking at their matchup this week, I I think it's going to be a good one. Each team knows what each team does, and they're coming in. You would think North Carolina would have the nod in this one. But, again, you just don't know. Well, if they throw the ball over five times the way they did against Kent Island, uh, it's going to be anybody's game at that point, absolutely. And, and that'll be a Colonel squad coming in with a lot of confidence, playing well. They won six straight. I mean, that's yeah. the second longest winning streak in the Bayside behind Kent Island. Yeah, you'll give the nod to North Carolina as the two-way there with the numbers and sometimes the bigger size. But, yeah, I mean, Colonel, I, they're not going to sleep on Colonel, nor should they. And I know last year, even though despite it was a good year, I think North Carolina did win that game like 41 to 13, something, something in that area. Uh, but this could be a closer game. I'm not going to predict upset necessarily, but this could be a lot closer game than you expect. And Caroline will need to be on their game. And you know, Colonel will play hard. And Colonel's got nothing to lose. I mean, they really don't. So the pressure's on North Caroline, who needs to finish the season strong. It's uh, It's been a, a topsy-turvy year, a tough schedule, and uh, a young team that has uh, gotten um, – you know, gotten their comeuppance, if you will, in terms of uh, going through and, and getting the experience in the Bayside in a tough 2A East. This next segment sponsored by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Want to turn our attention to Queen Anne's County High School and the Lions. They're going to be featured in this week's War on the Shore with Ken Island. And yet another impressive performance from K.J. Smothers, another 309 yards and three touchdowns. Ashton Seiwell getting more and more involved with the offense, carrying for 94 yards and a score as well. And Devin Wright, 5 of 6 for 69 yards and a touchdown. That uh, Two of those receptions have went to Jai Roy, um, who had one of those receptions uh, for a touchdown, 33 yards. But in offense, that they're starting to mix in a few things that are a little bit different after talking with some of the coaches from across the Bayside that, you know, it's not the same old Queen Anne's. They're mixing in a few different plays now in the way they're attacking defenses. Well, I saw the second half of that game primarily. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't really speak to that because I haven't seen them uh, you know, in, in person or on video for every game to see where they've been and where they are now. But I thought that certainly from a run game perspective, uh, the coordination of the O-line and the backs and how they're working together in that run game and what they're looking to do looked really good against Wicomico, who had no answers uh, for Smothers. And uh, they were able to pretty much score at will in that game. It was a lot of back and forth in that one. And it looked good. Uh, the running game certainly can help in the passing game. I don't think they're asking a lot of Devin Wright. Uh, and they don't need to necessarily. But that will be the question. If he has to go downfield, 
on uh, numerous opportunities if a game should present itself that that's the way it goes for some reason if smothers is contained uh then that'll be interesting to see what they can do but they don't have to play that kind of game right now and uh, the play action out to the flats frankly or uh, or a quick hitter of the middle the roy is there right now because of the uh, game uh the effective running game uh, waters talked about the fact that the secondary starting two freshmen right now is really the strength of that defense and they're still working out that front seven well they're gonna have to get it get that worked out real quick because of uh, casey heat this week uh but that's uh, quite a tribute to those two freshmen that make up the secondary that that's their strength on defense but i will say though in that white comico game uh, and certainly not Queen Anne's fault. You, you know, you look at um, at Darius Foreman, who ran the ball in the first half, suffered an injury late in the first half, did come back in the second. They really didn't run him much, if at all, in that second half. So Wicomico was limited to an extent, uh, certainly in their offense in that second half. Um, that doesn't mean Queen Anne's wouldn't have won the game because Wicomico wasn't stopping them and running the football. Uh, but Wicomico did lose a big piece where Foreman was pretty much forced to to hand it off and throw the football, and that said, the Lions did a really good job of pressuring uh, pressuring him in the game. Yeah, that they did. When we come back, I want to talk about point standings as we put week number eight behind us and look forward to week number nine. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Perretmoy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perretmoy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. Now, as of this recording, Mike, we don't have the official point standings from the uh, uh, Maryland Public Secondary School Athletic Association. However, David Dotson did some calculations, and uh, it gives us some numbers that are probably correct. Um, After week eight, Ken Island leads the 2A East with 72, Queen Anne 64, Easton 61, Decatur 59.3, Why High 47, CM Wright 42, North Carolina. He didn't list their points total, but they were right there yeah. um, in, in seventh. And then North Hartford is in eighth. Now, when you look at this week's game, Ken Island and Queen Anne's, the war on the shore, it's been a while since we have had this much on the line for this contest. Queen Anne's and Ken Island playing for the Bayside Championship, as well as the number one seed in the 2A East bracket. Yeah, uh, you're you're right, Mark. There's a lot on the line there as uh, you go back. I think the last time that this game had so much meaning to it, I think, and I'd have to check my records, but off the top of my head, I want to say maybe... 2016 2017-ish uh, you, you had a similar type situation because remember you know Queen Anne's fell I, I won't say on hard times but I mean Queen Anne's ended up having I believe a couple of 500 seasons there uh, prior to COVID Ken Island had one year that was 500 then they bounced right back uh, but yeah so in terms of that you do have to go back 
uh, a couple of years. Remember, North Carolina had that big run as well. So they were dominant over both of those two teams. So it may even be further back than that, but I think it's at least been since 2016, 2017 that this game has had you know so much meaning. And, and maybe even prior to that, I'll, I'll have to go back and we can talk about it next week. Uh, but uh, no doubt it's been a while uh, to, to have not only that seeding, but also to win the 3A, 2A Bayside Championship. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at this week's matchups, Ken Island and Queen Anne, you have Easton and Cambridge South Dorchester. Stephen Decatur is taking on Snow Hill. North Carolina has Colonel Richardson. Y High has J.M. Bennett. Parkside has Kent County. Um, and there's your matchup. C.M. Wright, they'll probably win uh, their contest as well. So it really is it's funny how Kent Island can drop no further than second with the way the scenarios play out. If, if they were win, if they win, they have number one seed. If they lose, they'd have the number two seed because Easton can't catch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot to do with bonus wins and such. Um, assuming Ken Island beats Queen Anne, and this all comes from David Dotson as well, uh, assuming Easton beats Cambridge South Dorchester, which is not going to be an easy feat, Stephen Decatur beating Snow Hill, that should happen. North Carolina Colonel, again, that's, that's a tough one. Why High over J.M. Bennett should be a given. Parkside over Kent County, and going to be a tough one for, for Parkside, I think. I mean, with two wins and Kent County now feeling themselves. Well, I realize who they've played, though. I, 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 I wouldn't quite say that. Parkside's played some really good teams, I mean, in, in that stretch of losses there. So you, you do have a difference between the 2A and 1A. But I hear what you're saying. They Defensively, they have not played well all year. Right, and Kent County's starting to feel it a little bit. You know, I mean, they're, they're believing in themselves. Now they've figured yeah. out how to win. Fair enough. Yep. So yep. If, if it plays out that way, then you'd have Ken Island 1, Easton 2, Decatur 3, Queen Anne's would drop all the way to 4. Wow. Y High would be 5, uh, CM Wright would be 6th, North Carolina 7th, and North Hartford 8th. So that would give you mm-hmm. Ken Island, North Hartford, Easton, North Carolina, which I could tell you already that would be our overtime live game of the week. Uh, Stephen Decatur, CM Wright, and Queen Anne's Y High. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite yeah. the matchups there. Now. Yeah. Well, are you sure you wouldn't want to do Queen Anne's Y High? You know I mean, you, you could make an argument for either one. You yeah. you really could. And, and yeah. it is a possibility if it would play out like that. It, it's possible. But I think North Carolina, depending on how they play this week, I mean, that's the one team that even Jake Coleman said – you don't want to play them in the playoffs. And and in talking with Griffith on Monday, he's not excited about having to face North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, and, it and depends I don't think what team they is. get, though. Yeah. yeah, no, it's certainly because of the the culture and the type of uh, the type of style that you're used to from James McCormick and the program, with it being a blue collar, tough nose, physical type program. But it depends what team you get from week to week. They haven't been consistent, so you're right. I mean, you go in assuming that they're going to be at their best. So in that regard, you're absolutely right. What plays out on the field, we'll have to see which team you get. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair enough. Yep. If everybody else takes care of business uh, and Queen Anne beats Ken Island. Queen Anne would be the number one and they would get North Hartford. Mm -hmm. And then Ken Island becomes the two. They get North Carolina. 
Easton becomes the three, and they would get CM right, and then you'd have a rematch with Decatur and Y High. Yeah, and that was a one point game. Yeah, at Y High. I mean, at, at Decatur one. Yeah, yeah and, and that that game would be played at Decatur this time in the playoffs. So, I mean, there are some exciting games on the horizon. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to get really good football, and, and you take a look at the top five teams in the Bayside right now, and it's a coin toss between pretty much all of them. <laughs> it really it really is. There's not a whole lot of separation between them, and they've all beaten each other up to some extent, uh, although certainly Ken Island and uh, Queen Anne's only have one loss going into this week. Somebody will have two. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and you've got some really great teams at the top there, and it'll be interesting to see some rematches. And that's the thing, you know, how will that rematch go? You might have got that team during the regular season. Can you get them again? Oof, that's uh, going to be a tough ask, and we'll, uh, we'll see what matchups those are exactly. It will be exciting, no doubt about that. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank. Serving the Mid-Shore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking. Plus, they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. So uh, you're talking about these games coming up this weekend. Let's dive right into it. Let's talk about Ken Island, Queen Anne's. I mean, to me, it's the matchup of can Ken Island stop K.J. Smothers? And then on the other side of the ball, can the Queen Anne's defense make someone other than Casey Heath beat them? No one stopped K.J. Smothers yet. So until we see it, the answer is going to be at least an incomplete to know. Now, if there's a defense that could contain them, Ken Island's defense you would consider would be the one that could do it. But we have to see it. Uh, Conversely, I think that's up in the air with Queen Anne's because you hear Coach Al Waters saying that's still a work in progress with his front seven. And with the outstanding offensive line play of Ken Island and with Heath and with other uh, weapons that they have, uh, I think that's probably your best ask is to contain them. I don't think you're going to shut them down. And really it comes down to offensively, which offense is a little bit more multiple and versatile, and obviously which defense can do enough to contain the other's best players. That's what it's going to come down to. I mean, you can obviously throw in the, you know, the turnovers. That goes without saying, though. All right. Who wins that game? Well, you'll have to find out with my picks at shortsportsmb.com <laughs> when they come out on Thursday because we've got Thursday games. Yeah, it, it's, it is going to be a great contest, I think, uh, in when, when that one boils down. Now, I think another great game this weekend, because you don't want to discount Cambridge-South Dorchester. They're 4-4 four and four after the loss, but they do so many different things. I think that really – can stress a defense and North Carolina has had some injury. I mean, not North Carolina. I'm sorry. Easton has had some injuries. Uh, they, they have, uh, they've been dealing with that in, in the secondary and you don't know if any of those kids are going to be back this week uh, to full operation to be able to play, you know, with a full staff. I mean, they're down three players. I think that were starters. Well, I still think it's going to be an uphill battle for Cambridge, but given who those players may be, or I have some guesses on, uh, you're right about that. But and, and Cambridge gets that game at home. 
Uh, but I, I, I still think that it's an uphill battle for Cambridge. I still would likely give the edge to Easton in that one. But rivalry games, anything could happen. Cambridge has certainly nothing to lose, and they've played some tough teams already this year, for instance, in Kent Island. So it's not as if they wouldn't have played some teams, uh, some really good teams above them. They also played Milford, that uh, physical team, uh, with bigger size and such. So this will not be something that will phase them, I wouldn't think. Uh, Outside of the, uh, really, those games, are there any others when you look at and say, gosh, I think that could be a good game this week? Not off the top of my head. No, we're talking about what the war on the shore, uh, Cambridge and Easton a little bit. You mentioned Parkside, Kent County. I, I still think that's an uphill battle for Kent County. But, you know, potentially if Parkside's defense doesn't step it up, that, that could be a closer game. But Decatur Snow Hill, not likely to be, uh, you know, a game. North Carolina's intriguing, uh, but I still have to give the edge to North Carolina based on the history. But they, they do need to play better. Uh, we'll see what team we get in that one. But uh, I, I do think that that will still be an uphill battle for Colonel. But could be closer than we've seen in many years. Um, but I guess the the, uh, the long answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Colonel's going to be able to give North Carolina a good game. But I, I still think it's North Carolina uh, by – I mean, their strength. Let's face it, North Carolina's strength is probably the defense and, uh, you know, I think they know how to stop that run because they've been able to do it in the past. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That game will be a 6 o'clock contest. You've got uh, Y High and J.M. Bennett. Uh, unfortunately for Bennett, that's not going to be a good game for them. That's at 6 o'clock at County Stadium. Uh, yep. Easton and Cambridge is a 6 o'clock contest. Queen Anne's and uh, Ken Island, a 6 o'clock contest as well. Washington playing Thursday night, um, and that game is at 6 o'clock. And Snow Hill and Decatur also playing on Thursday night as well. And so is Kent County and Parkside. So a lot of games, three games on Thursday and then four games on Friday will make for an exciting weekend with the playoffs just one week away. Yeah. Mark, I'm getting short on time, but just quickly with the war on the shore, we had Frank, who's one of our big-time overtime live followers, message us and talk about that. If you go to Max Preps with running backs in the state of Maryland, the Heath and Smothers are the top two in yardage. Smothers one, Heath two. I don't know, though, if every public school team in the state has put stats in on Max Preps, so I can't officially say that they're one and two in the state, uh, but they both have over 1,500 yards rushing. So you've got two of the top backs that will be facing off against one another, and no doubt keeping defensive coordinators uh, sleepless this week on uh, both sides in that war on the shore rivalry. Real quick. All right, so that wraps up our high school segment. Hold on just a second. I want to talk about a couple of local graduates that performed pretty well this past weekend in their college games. you have a second? I don't. <laughs> so you'll have right. to take you'll have to take that. But I know uh, Ke- uh, Ryan O'Connor is one of those. Uh, Ryan and well, you know what? We'll just do it right now and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Joey Bildstein. Uh, the uh, New Jersey Athletic Crush, uh, uh, Conference Player, Offensive Player of the Week, and uh, Dario Belisari for the second time, the same conference Offensive Rookie of the Week as well. Um, and for the second consecutive week, Bildstein earned those honors creating with a new career-high rushing mark, 154 yards on 19 carries and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, It was the second straight week that he had rushed for over 150 yards in a game, seventh time in his career that he crossed the 100-yard mark. And Belazari, uh, for him, 
it was uh, another great accomplishment for him. The second time he's won the Rookie of the Week award, he had uh, three catches for 38 yards, a new career-high rushing yard and touchdown total with 127 yards on nine carries and four scores. So, uh, you know, good to see those guys. And then, yes, you mentioned Ryan O'Connor throwing his first collegiate touchdown pass uh, for the Delaware Blue Hens uh, against uh, who would they play this past Morgan, yeah, Morgan, Morgan State out of Baltimore State. in a non-conference game. Yeah. Yep. So, congratulations to him. Good stuff and a tip of the hat to all of and, the athletes from. Uh, and, and real quickly, I'm not sure exactly where he is on the depth chart. That's my fault. But Nolan second. Henderson, the starter. Oh. Well, Nolan Henderson, the starter, may not be able to go with a left shoulder injury against Elon this weekend. He may be getting his first collegiate start. Oh, how exciting would that be? So, yep. good for All right, Mark. Well, have fun, buddy, doing whatever you do. And uh, well, let's touch base. We'll touch base a little later on today about our previews. Sounds good. Thank Thanks, you much. Buddy. There you go. Mike Bradley with us on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. We'll take a look at the other sports in the playoffs next. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. All right, so a couple other things to clean up. The Bayside Soccer Championships for both boys and girls won by the South. Decatur beat... Uh, Ken Island 5-1, and in the girls' game, it was J.M. Bennett taking the title with a 5-0 victory over the Queen Anne's County High Lions. So uh, a, a tough one there, but uh, still nonetheless, it is something that, uh, uh, you know, hey, they made it there. And the playoffs are getting ready to start uh, for soccer, field hockey, volleyball starts next week. And uh, you've got all of that coming up. And, of course, the playoffs for football starting next week as well. And we wish all of the teams the best of luck. So, hey, if you're in the market for new sunglasses, make sure you check out the Hook Sunglasses, hookoptics.com. You can also find them at eisenart.net. An optical galleria manufactured, created, and had them manufactured to their specifications. They are absolutely amazing. They have men's and women's, as well as uh, nice Italian frames. And uh, they are more affordable than you'd ever imagine. You need to check them out. Stop by an optical galleria. They're on West Water Street in downtown Centerville, Harrison Street in downtown Easton, and in the Tealmarks Plaza on, in West Ocean City. Check them out online, eisenart.net or hookoptics.com. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for uh, listening, and be sure to share, and then we'll start talking playoffs next week. Can you believe it? The season is about over. Yeah, with the playoffs still to come. Good luck to all the teams. Feel free to share. And, of course, make sure you check out Mike's Power Poll and his picks coming up by Thursday at shoresportsmd.com. 
Have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoreSportsMD.com.